This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एन एल हफ्ता वी कम टू यू रिकॉर्डिंग ऑन द ट्वेंटी एथ ऑफ सेप्टेम्बर थर्सडे एंड इट्स थ्री ओ क्लॉक इन द आफ्टरनून थिंग्स मे चेंज बिकॉज दे आर ऑल्सो प्रेस कॉन्फ्रेंस इज हैपनिंग वेल वी रिकॉर्डिंग दिस वी हैव अ पैनल टूडे दैट इज गोट टॉक अबाउट पंजाब बिकॉज पंजाब हैज बिन इन द न्यूज नॉट फॉर द रीजन ऑफ एनीथिंग हैपनिंग इन पंजाब बट इन कैनेडा लाइक News channels have started spelling Canada with a capital K, K for Khalistan, K for Canada kind of thing. So, I just thought it'd be an interesting discussion that is is something that is not does not exist here. Is it being made into a hawa by media, which is dangerous? But before we get into the discussion, I introduce the panel. Uh, in the studio, our in-house team: Raman Kripal, editor in chief. Hi. Manisha Pandey, managing editor. Hello. Joining us from Chennai, our wonderful representative on many things intelligent jashri no wow i didn't expect that but hello a representative from the south yeah i feel like you're blanking out there but then what is how is she a representative of intelligent things okay you're not okay all all, all, things, all intelligent things, things in the world you represented jashri just just let me have it yeah when it uh, comes to chennai intelligence is the word is right? that's i always say that that's why i keep claiming i'm from chennai And everything else, we're not sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but joining us from Punjab, and which city in Punjab, Amandeep? Bangalore. Oh, yeah, Bangalore. <laughs> oh, dear God. Bangalore was so in news last um, so evening because of the traffic jam. Wow, what are you doing in Bangalore, Amandeep? Trevor Nera Noah had his show cancelled almost. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I live in I live in Bangalore, Abhinandan. Yeah, you're there now, but but you're a Punjab expert. Ha. Oh. I have a doorbeen from here. I can look at right. Punjab. So Amandeep Sandhu, he is a writer and journalist. His essays, short stories have appeared in various anthologies, magazines, and websites. He writes for Caravan, Scroll, The Hindu, among others, and he's the author of a book, Punjab Journeys Through Fault Lines. It's his first non-fiction book, published in 2019. So welcome, Aman, from Bangalore. Thank you. But talking Thank about you. Punjab. So before we get into the discussion, here's the headlines. If you were to watch Indian media, you would assume that Khalistan is a big issue, whereas at least in my understanding, it is a non-issue. Now, to what extent is the media responsible for unnecessarily creating something that was extremely dangerous? And many people sitting in prime time haven't seen that Punjab. Uh, I was in my senses when that Punjab existed, and I had relatives there, so it alarms me a little bit. Uh, but does this play at all on the on the ground? Is it? is it something that should be toned down is the government responsible for making a non issue an issue in punjab so much has happened since the militancy movement there are so many other tragedies to deal with that people really start thinking about i mean a idea like khalistan in which so many thousands of lives were lost you know they they can't go back to thinking that we want another state or we should start a movement for another state country right. for that matter you know in the diaspora most of those who went during the 80s and early 90s they fled from punjab yeah. whether it was from the militancy movement or from the punjab police in many cases they now have a new generation there whom they have given the story about india being whatever the kind of unjust state you know so that generation harbors some thoughts about it but again look at the migrant really you know the migrant who goes to any country they work hard they try to bring their family over 
They try to build a house. They try to fund something in their village back home. They are not always talking Khalistan. I think many things can coexist. Uh, just you know, like uh, Aman was saying that I know people. I have friends because you see, I was a teenager when Blue Star happened and when Indira Gandhi died. Well, just a preteen. I think I was twelve or something. Um, when we became adults, at the age of twenty, twenty-one. They'd say, "Dude, first chance I get, I'm out of this country. I will not put myself or my children into the position that I saw in '84 in Delhi." They were clear, "We are not Indian," but they did not support a cause for Khalistan. Mm. So the following thoughts can coexist. They have a sympathetic view of Bhinravale. They have a sympathetic view of all the people who we call terrorists. They do not support Khalistan as a concept, but they don't want to live in India. I actually have a very close friend. Who was in Canada up till a year ago, and now she's come back because she has some unfinished work in India. But her sister's there, so I was asking her what you know, what do people think there? So two things she told me. One was that she you know she said this is all over the news, and what's sad is for a lot of people here, they don't understand that within Sikhs, it's a minority of people who may be involved in these criminal activities or may harbor such sentiments. It's not all of us. And all of us are now having to explain when we go to our offices or when we go to our workplaces that. You know, you're asked questions. Ki, do you also believe in this? Are you also a Khalistani or whatever? So you know, you you're put in this. You've put a lot of migrants in this position where they're having to explain themselves and say, no, no, but that's not what we believe in, or no, no, that we don't agree with it. And I haven't followed enough of the Canadian press, but I think we should be really careful about how this particular incident can be used as a dog whistle against immigrants there, hmm. because then you tar everyone coming from Punjab or someone turbaned or someone with a khuli dadi as you know. Probably a gang member or a Khalistani. Which I'm sure the right wing of which I'm sure the conservatives they want to prop already, up that. There are those jhankis that go with Indira Gandhi's assassination yeah. shown as some sort of this thing. Yeah. Are they? Is, is shouldn't Canada even if they can't do anything say um, legally because you know freedom of speech is very important for them. Even if they can't slap them with a sedition. Even if they can't slap them with a sedition, <laughs> should not there at least be a slightly more. Uh, sympathetic to the Indian view, you know. I think it's a very grey area, very very grey area. My way of dealing with it is a Punjabi line. I mean, जो ना जाने हक की ताकत रब ना दे दियो उसने हिम्मत. You know, like if if I don't know what to do with my freedom, let God not give me the the, the power to execute it. You know, mm. like so. You know, but. Uh, like look at what happened with Charlie Hebdo, you know, at Paris a few years back, you know, like so. So I think it's to be responsible with what you want to convey. But if anybody thinks that by hitting the tricolor with shoes, you know, with raising "Kill India" slogans, you will actually get a new country in this world, I mean, I think it's very, very misplaced. But then, what is sedition for us hmm. may not be sedition for you sure. know, in Canada and. in the us mm. i think we need to understand their culture if we see their own protests uh, you know happening over there they i think they just let those protests happen uh, even if it is against the serving president or uh, and and we don't have the you know similar kind of uh, situation in india so you said like how khalistan has now become the sort of bogey term right but is it not also just 
so frequently used by right now by the Modi government for this sort of small, like strongman image ahead of the election. So we're saying that Canada doesn't also respond adequately to India's queries, but India right now is using Khalistan to cover a whole variety of sins, right? From the farmer protests to any sort of violence that breaks out in Punjab, whether or not it's related to Sikh separatists, they will attribute it to Sikh separatists. We are facing allegations with allegations. Without trying to actually reflect and see where are we going wrong? What are we really doing? And what is it causing? And to come back to Abhinandan's original question, what is the diaspora feeling? Very concerned. You know, lakhs of students from India and 70% of them from Punjab, Haryana region, they go to study in Canada because our education system is really not at par. They work double jobs. They live in shelter homes. They earn money to be able to send back home, pay off loans. And all of them are now in a crisis. So we know the Canadian diaspora and broadly, you know, how Khalistan may be uh, of relevance to some people there. But in Punjab, what is the sense that you get from everything that's happening in Canada? Are people despondent? Has that made them angrier towards the BJP government? Because anyway, BJP has, you know, doesn't have a great presence in Punjab. What's like the rumblings on the ground? see, we have to, I mean, very briefly, I'll just touch upon it. I mean, what happened last time and what happened this time? Last time when this, when the Anandpur Sahib resolution was written in 1972 and later ratified in 78, India was still a very young country. You know, the Sikhs in India had, hmm. had sided with India. They had said, no, we'll not go to Pakistan. The whole partition happened, you know. And then they were feeling, however they were feeling at that time, that's why they wrote the resolution. In Chennai, they wrote the Raja Manar panel report, you know, like it came out at the same time by the DMK. You know, so there was, and today the Congress is talking about federalism. You know, it is at that time they were raising these issues. But Sarkaria Commission happened, the, both the reports are banished. Karnataka came up with a report. West Bengal government came up with a report. So all of them were basically saying, we need to have a greater federal structure for India which that time nobody listened to. I would like to discuss with the panel a, a general attitude of us as a society. And I'm just going to you know, plot four incidents together. And what does this say about us as a society? One is this disgusting, disgraceful speech made by Biduri, the South Delhi Lok Sabha member of parliament, which represents where we are sitting right now. A 12-year-old girl was raped in Madhya Pradesh. A woman uh, of marginalized community, uh, because some moneylenders claimed that she did not pay back the money that was due, 1500 rupees, uh, she was stripped and urinated upon. And uh, in Meerut, a young man wearing a skull cap in a college was attacked. What does it really say about us as a society? Can we claim to be closer to, you know, societies that have systems? If holding election is the, is the only qualifier to be a democracy, then yes, we are a democracy. But um, I think we are a horrendously savage nation. I don't understand why we pretend otherwise. I think we are, at the core, very violent. We are so deeply riven by caste and by religion. This is 
expressly exacerbated by political parties. We are a baseline savage nation that is made worse by radicalization. So I think society, if you you are you are considering society a very monolithic uh, mm-hmm. monolithically, I mean monolithic concept, uh, which I think is. Uh, Oversimplifying uh, you know, it, uh, which is you are oversimplifying mm. it. So I think you have many India w- in India within Indias. Okay, you have uh, you have uh, you can't say that uh, you know you have all kind of peoples all over, and even in Punjab where I also frequently go. I mean, uh, I also see a ray of hope. Uh, people are uh, like uh, Gurdwara for Punjabis and Sikhs. Uh, you know, is uh, is a is a very very sacred place even today. Uh, is and and I I see I mean both of them going. So I see very lots of positivity uh, also in this. But yes, the incidents that you have, uh, uh, you know, sp- spoken about. I mean, why only point fingers at others? In winter, you know, Jeshri and and Aman don't face that because they live in places that have temperate you know, tropical temperatures throughout. Delhi winter, you we, we all Bangalore know how many... would be so upset that it's been clubbed with Chennai. <laughs> Amanos, <laughs> how, many people, how many people die every winter in the streets of Delhi? Because Delhi is cold enough to kill you. That's a fact. When I drive home, I pass three flyovers and red lights. I see people sleeping there on the side. I know many of them are going to, not going to make it through this winter. I don't stop and say, come, I'll give you shelter. But I think with crime stories, as gory as they may sound, if we just take isolated incidents or even frequent incidents of, you know, page one, page three, page five, headlines of murder, rape, crime, clubbing of death in homes or that gory case, they aren't, I mean, I wouldn't take them as an accurate representation of society because broadly, I feel we are moving in a direction which is better than we were, say, 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Bas, muft mein itna milega. For the full uncut podcast, subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. The best way to listen to the Hafta and indeed all our podcasts is through the News Laundry app. You can download the app by clicking on the links given in the show notes. So do download our app and get the best podcast experience. And also pay for news and support a new news media ecosystem that News Laundry is trying to encourage where we are accountable to you because we run on contributions that you make. We don't take government ads, we don't take corporations ads. So that news serves the public because when the public pays, the public is served. Subscribe to News Laundry, click on the link in the show notes below and proudly say, I pay to keep news free.